Welcome to Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast, a podcast to help you connect with your highest self that features episodes combining psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. Please welcome your host, Zandra Haas, a spiritual wellness coach, psychotherapist, and psychic medium in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast this week. This is a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to be looking at a little bit more of the spiritual context, more of the Buddhist spiritual context. None of that I'm saying or I'm going to share can necessarily be proven on a psychological standpoint yet. <laughs> and I'll say more of that a little bit later here. But the topic today is really, really looking into past lives and really sharing with you all kind of what I'm seeing. Seeing as I'm working with people in psychology, again, not evidence-based around being able to prove some of these concepts, but I'm noticing that more and more people are getting curious about past lives and are getting curious about the concept that their energy might be old inside of them or ancient, or there might be something that lives on after death that's an energy or an essence or something inside of us. And sometimes religions point to these pieces, sometimes more of theories point to these things. Sometimes folks like Albert Einstein come up with theories that say, well, energy can't be created or destroyed. And so we go, okay, well, where does it go then? So today we're going to have a lot of fun diving into sort of my conceptual understanding of past lives, some of the adventures that I've been on working with them, and also how I see people clinically sometimes that are bringing this up. And this is going to be a two-part series because I'm going to share a lot of different examples and stories with you and just kind of stir up kind of your inner knowing. A big question as we're going to be talking about these things is for you to consider, huh, does it feel like my energy's old? Does it feel like maybe I've had more experiences than this life? Are there things that I would love if I could remember where my energy has been? Would I like to reclaim some of these knowings or these gifts? Because if we could remember our past lives, perhaps we could kind of consider ourselves as being a part of a, a whole book. And maybe this life is just a chapter. So if we could remember all the chapters. What would that mean for us in the now? Would we learn lessons differently? Would we take different things on? Would we trust ourselves more? Who knows? So we're going to dive into that now. So the concept of past lives kind of came up for me, I would say pretty early on. And the reason that it came up for me is that when I was a teenager, in some ways I was living in a little bit more of like a mild haunted house. I had experiences where there were spirits or beings that were sort of reaching out to me and it felt very scary. It felt very overwhelming because I could hear footsteps, I could hear voices, I could see things. And it was very etheric. There was no way to really prove right or wrong with this. And luckily, when I told my mom, I said, hey, these things are going on. She was really amazing. And she took me to a psychotherapist, but she also took me to a psychic medium. And I still remember the first time I sat down, this woman has, has passed, but there was this really lovely woman named Nicole in Minneapolis. And she sat down across from me and I can't even remember everything that she said, but I remember her explaining the multiple lives that I've had and was saying that I've been a lot of different places. And it was the first time where I felt very different growing up 
it was sort of strange. I always felt like maybe there was something I needed to do to fit in better or to energetically feel more like satisfied where I was. I really loved the people I was around, but there was always this like weird discomfort of not quite fitting in. And I couldn't tell, you know, was it the fact that I was a foot taller than everyone? Was it the fact that, you know, there were just some differences in the way that I grew up? But part of this woman sitting across from me and saying like, hey, you're kind of an old soul. In fact, not only are you kind of an old soul, but there's a lot of gifts and abilities that are going to start coming out in this life as you embrace your multidimensionality. And she didn't say it necessarily in those words because I was, you know, 15 years old at the time. But that really started this journey around like, huh, what would it mean if I actually accepted the concept that I'm much older than just this body or just in the now? So through that work, again, I'm super deep curiosity learner person. So over the next 10 years or so, I just started taking classes, anything I could get my hands on, books, ideas, concepts, spirit guides, right? Some way to understand like, huh, what is this time period that is in the now, but what are past lives? And, and what would it be like to, again, to be able to embrace those things, to be able to sort of tap into that soul self, that ancient self that lives on through life, right? That kind of sacred energy. And I found myself in a Buddhist psychology program. So Buddhism has a lot of different branches. Some of it can be more on the psychology standpoint, and some of it can be more on the religious standpoint. But overall, there is this belief in reincarnation or the sense that we take multiple lives, we live multiple lives. And it felt very easy to embrace this concept because it was very conceptual, right? Like, huh, okay, energy keeps going. But what was fascinating is that in this program, it was sort of known that perhaps there was reincarnation, but we never actually went into sharing our past lives. We never really went into trying to explore them or see them on our own. So during the sort of master's program, when I was studying Buddhist psychology, I started doing a lot of other trainings and really working with a lot of other teachers. And one of those teachers, I started learning a lot about mediumship because I've always been able to sort of sense etheric energies. I always thought it was because of my sensitivity and it was a weakness, but I realized later on what a strength it was. And I could really tap into spirits, high frequency spirits, low frequency spirits, spirits in sadness and grief, and some in joy and healing. And in order for me to become empowered in that ability, I really didn't know that you could choose who tapped into your energy field in the same way that you get to choose your friends. I had no idea that it was just that basic. So again, interweaving this idea of past lives, I started doing a lot more earth-based, you could call it shamanism, you could call it mediumship, but this sort of way that you are working with more of the etheric, higher frequency dimensional beings, right? So at higher frequencies, right, energy runs faster. So there's the sense that spiritual energy runs faster. So when you're working at higher frequencies and kind of looking at the soul self and the spirit self, my conceptual understanding is that a lot of times your frequency needs to run faster in order to tune into those things. So when I was learning in these mediumship, kind of more, they were called sort of shamanic courses, things like that. 
one thing that I learned how to do was to not only be able to communicate with spirits in a very empowered, boundaried way, but I learned how to cross them over. And what that meant was really gathering a spiritual team of people, of spirit guides that I work with to sort of protect my energy field and kind of moving frequency states through certain chakra centers. But what it meant is that I started realizing where spirits go. And through the tradition that I learned, it's through the Sandra Ingerman tradition, is that there are multiple different exit points that spirits can take. So a lot of times in paganism, there is considered lower world, middle world, and upper world, meaning there are different kind of portals or exit points that spirits can come in and out of this world, but they sort of exist at different frequencies. And so when I started learning how to sort of open up a portal, so for instance, and and this is really funny, I'll have to try to explain it in more of the human 3D language, but so right now I'm sitting in my office and I'm very aware that land holds energy. So I am living in Boulder, Colorado. My office is in downtown Boulder. And before a lot of people started moving to Boulder, when it started becoming colonized in the 1800s, Boulder actually had a lot of people coming for gold, right? And resources and this promise of new idea. A lot of white settlers were coming. So there's a lot of greed. There was a lot of hope. But in the process of trying to create new lives, they incredibly, incredibly hurt the indigenous people that are creation stories are from this land, right? So you have a lot of pain, you have a lot of genocide, and you have a lot of suffering. So when I'm sitting on these lands, sometimes when you have spirits, maybe that have died in battle, and maybe they still hold sadness or anger, maybe they didn't feel ready to die, maybe they were confused. If a spirit doesn't feel ready to leave or that person's conscious mind doesn't feel ready a lot of times that spirit doesn't get the permission to move on to the next dimensional space it literally stays as a spirit in the 3d connected to land connected to objects connected to buildings things of that sort so part of my job is someone who can feel when there are spirits around was first setting a boundary around like i cannot have thousands of spirits, right? Knocking at my sort of brain door saying, I need help as I'm being a therapist, right? And also trying to work one-on-one with someone in the, in the world. So what I had to do when I first started doing this is I had to put time in my calendar where I would move myself into a different space and I would offer my sort of etheric sort of counseling services to help people that were not crossed and were needing to cross. So if you can imagine that if there are a couple different worlds existing on top of each other and you have spirits that are moving through the world and they don't have a body so a lot of people can't see them but their energy so they can influence things like our moods or electronics some of them might even have enough frequency to kind of move objects around occasionally things like of that nature but they can run a lot of times through electrical currents because their energy so if we and you are a sensitive person some people can tap into these things and they can actually feel really combative but if you imagine a spirit still has sadness it still impacts us right if there's grief or there's anger and the more that we can clear that energy out and get people the healing that they need as a spirit the more we can actually shift the frequency of the planet so when i started learning this i sort of started 
taking on, how do I help cross people over so that they can get the healing they need? They can be with ancestors, right? They can go where they want to go. Okay. So in the Sandra Ingerman tradition, when I started learning these things, the first, the lower world, middle world, and upper world were different ways that people could transition over. So if you could imagine right now in my office, what I would do, for example, is I would close my eyes and I switch my frequency states. And so that is through energy healing work. You start running energy faster. And I have certain guides or beings that I have come in to hold my space, certain angelic beings, things of that nature. And they're at a really high frequency. So all of a sudden energy runs faster, sixth eye and some of these higher chakra spiritual centers start opening. And a lot of my lower chakras that belong to the body, they start closing down because I don't need to use my energy to run the body when I'm doing spiritual work. So it's almost like this big energy portal opens up here and all of a sudden I can take in and see a lot more energy because I'm not focusing on the 3D on doing things in the body. That makes sense. So that's the first thing is you shift yourself into a different frequency. And people have been doing this for years. People use music to do this. People use you know, drugs and alcohol to do this. People use coffee to do this. We switch our brainwave states. And so people did this through drumming, through trance work, through singing, right? Through people do chanting. There's lots of ways to shift frequency in the body. And so you can learn how to do that for yourself and kind of go into these heightened expanded states. So once you reach one of these heightened states, I have certain beings that I work with, and all of a sudden, it's almost like opening a lighthouse up. I kind of put a light on, almost like a porch light, and I say, okay, any spirits in this area that are kind and don't mean any harm, but are seeking pilgrimage across to the other side, to shift frequencies, to basically get healing, and to be with their loved ones, you know, you're welcome to be here. And so all of a sudden I can see just this massive line of spirits line up, almost like someone lining up for a concert. And I'm sort of standing there as kind of the project manager. And there are three different portals that open lower world, middle world, and upper world. And there are spiritual beings that stand at each one of those portals. Sometimes you'll hear in like near-death experiences when people sort of are traveling to the other side, all of a sudden there's this light that they feel or a loved one will be there or there'll be a being full of light that just helps them cross, that they just feel love. And that's sort of what these beings do. They're helping people move into a loving frequency, but they're all different ways to get there. So there's different doors that you can choose to cross depending on what you believe in. Some people believe in these heaven pearly gates, kind of more the air etheric energy. So they might go through the upper world portal that looks like that. They might go through lower world portal, which maybe is like more earthy, right? Maybe it looks more like a tree. I have different visual images that go for mine. So lower world is actually a tree and it's a door that goes through the tree. It's a lot more earthier. Middle world, where I help people go to is literally the horizon of an ocean. So it's almost like walking into a sunset, almost like ocean water. And the third one is going through the etheric, almost going through the clouds. So those are the three portals. And so someone comes up and I say, hey, basically, you know, where would you like to cross? And it's so fast, people just point. And I have people that assist and they walk those people over and all of a sudden they're gone right through the portal. It's very telepathic, it's very energy-based. 
but you can feel a huge shift when all of a sudden an energy that's been hanging out in sadness or grief or anger leaves the room. And all of us can feel this. If you're at a party or a restaurant, maybe you're sitting next to a table and people are having a fight and it almost feels like it's on your nerves. Maybe you hear the voices or maybe you can just sense the tension. And all of a sudden those people leave the restaurant and you go, oh, wow, it feels better. It feels more clear. It feels more spacious. That's how you know when beings are crossing. And sometimes we don't even realize how full our environment is. This is the hard part about being a sensitive person, about what's your energy and what's not your energy. That's why energy work as a sensitive person is such a cool responsibility to work on in yourself. So I will kind of open for a certain amount of time, basically a lighthouse, and I have those beings come in and I transfer those beings over. And some people will use a drum to kind of help hold an energetic space. Sometimes the mind, the ego really tries to control those things, but it's the spirit that's in charge. So a lot of trance mediumship, even shamanic traditions will use rattles or drums because it is a way that the brain is actually able to hook on to a sound or a pattern or a rhythm. And you're kind of like, here ego, watch my breath, be the keeper of my breath, or, you know, conscious mind, you hang out and listen to the drum. Well, the spirit and sort of that bigger knowing becomes in charge. So I tell you all of this information because people are starting to open to the concept that maybe their energy lives on. And so I share this with you because in this process of trying to figure out whether this was real or whether this could be helpful, I always dive into training. Okay, how do I learn about this? How do I see for myself? I'm sort of like a doer versus just a believer. I've got to try something out for myself. So when I learned how to use really good boundaries energetically, I stopped being so scared of feeling overwhelmed or not powerful because I recognize that a lot of the spiritual etheric energies that all these scary movies like make up crap about that aren't real, they're just people that need help. They're just people that need support. They're just people that are lost, that need support. So that is kind of just to help you sort of dive in or to imagine. Sometimes it doesn't even feel real to people because so much of what I'm saying is through kind of a higher dimensional frequency. It's moving energy a lot faster. It's etheric energies. And none of this can be proven, right? At this current time, none of this can be proven by psychology. You might be able to put little little rods on my brain and for me to do this and maybe someday someone will they'll say hey maybe you open a portal and you cross people over and we'll look at what your brain waves do and we'll look at maybe how different electrical systems in your body changes and maybe we'll find something right about how the body responds to to doing these things in these energies but what's fascinating is i've taught people how to do this as well and my mother if I can bring that up, is part of what I call my soul family. So now that I've gone through these spaces where I've learned like, wow, my energy has traveled through time and space. It has lived multiple lives. It caused me to consider the concept of soul family. And soul family in a nutshell are basically spirits that show up for us life after life after life in different ways, maybe sometimes as a parent, maybe as a best friend. Sometimes in a relationship, that can be really, really tricky if you're someone's part of your soul family and they've been in different family positions and then you choose to have them in a relationship, it can feel (laughs) not very clear sometimes, right? Sometimes people will say like, we marry our parents. You know, we marry people that we feel like they're our partner and we're in relationship. It also feels like we need to parent them in a way. I guess psychology would have a lot to say about that. But 
these are sort of these weird uh, ravines, right? Around like, whoa, what if I did have a soul family where I've traveled with these beings and some people I feel like I know really well in this life and some people feel brand new. And you can even ask yourself as you're listening to this, does it feel like some people in your family system feel older? Like you've had a longer relationship with them, even though that wouldn't make sense for your relationship in present time. Do some people feel very estranged or kind of brand new or hard to trust, right? Do you have that with your friends? Do you have some people that feels like you've known them for a long time and you sort of just stick together? Have you had relationships where some reason you just click right away and you just know and it's really easy and it flows? Could that be personality or things like that? Or could it truly be that a deeper part of us knows that we've known these beings before? So I share this information with you just to be kind of a jumping off point, just to kind of consider like, huh, what does Buddhism have to say about reincarnation? What does mediumship have to say? What are all of these different energies? What would it be like if we reclaim these things? So I share first to you as someone that's worked as a medium and also a sensitive person, what is this process like? What have I seen? And it's really, really beautiful. If I could share with you just a small story, when I've crossed people over, sometimes that person as they're crossing over and is going into one of these thresholds, I can actually see beings and family members on the other side, just standing on the other side of this door, almost like when you're at an airport and you get off an airplane and there's these people just waiting to celebrate you, to be with you again. It's just such magic. It's such, such magic. And someone might say like, well, what if you're making it up? You know, what if you're this, this, and that? And what's fascinating is when you start doing psychic or spiritual work, it's just profound how that if my brain got to choose, it would make up, it would do something different. You get surprised all the time. Sometimes things won't make sense for a while either. For instance, um, if we take like a past life perspective here, when I started doing past life reading work, another training that I did, worked several years trading past lives with different students and learning how to open up those abilities. We did a past life reading once it was me and another student. She was doing one on me and she started shaking and crying. And she said, oh my gosh, she said, you were part of a very small kind of tribal, more earth-based peoples. And she described a little bit about the customs and traditions of these beings. But then she teared up and she said, your dream in this life was to have children. And she said, you had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. Your body couldn't hold children and you were the midwife for this community so you helped mamas deliver babies for a long time and you had to just be happy for other people being able to hold children when your body couldn't and it was so strange to hear this story because and i was sort of in tears with her and she said your name was red sparrow and my whole body got goosebumps. Something felt right when she said it. And I have a sparrow and like a sparrow Sailor Jerry type bird tattooed on my hip that I just on a whim did when I was 18 and I couldn't figure out why, but it was something about trusting my inner knowing and connecting with myself. And I grew up for some reason with the belief system that my body, for some reason, even as a woman, could not have kids 
And it wasn't until that moment that I never questioned like, huh, I wonder why I don't have this sort of like easy belief that I can have children as a woman. It almost feels like unavailable to me. It was the strangest thing for her to tell this story and how maybe that trauma of not being able to hold children in that life for, for who knows what reason struck me, the name, the fear, the sadness, the grief. And it put me on this really incredible healing journey in this current life of really balancing my hormones better and stress and asking these really beautiful questions in myself around, wow, are having children available to me? Is that a belief that I actually carried into this life? Is that something I want to continue and that feels right? Or is that actually an imprint about feeling like there's certain things not available to me based off of the past? And so I did a lot of work healing that trauma, healing that wound, working on femininity and creation energy and fears around motherhood, all of these things. It put me on this beautiful journey. So regardless of whether past lives are real or how do we prove them, sometimes we have to trust our inner knowing. If you get a past life reading or you do a past life regression and hypnotherapy can be a cool way to experience those things. But the most important part is if you're a person curious about past lives or how to heal certain things that might be bleeding through into this life, it's really trusting your inner knowing in your heart space because it's not about right and wrong. It's not about making it up or crazy. It's about having your freedom and being able to make choices from a space that feel empowering and true and right for you. So there's going to be a second episode connected to this one, more examples of past lives, a little bit more information that I'll share. But I hope this gave you a little bit of a dive into past lives and what can they be. And from a medium's perspective, what is it like to cross people over and what's on the other side, right? And spirits and maybe being on the planet, lots of different concepts with this. But we'll dive back into some examples here in a little bit to uh, help you gain maybe more creativity or insight or awareness or maybe questions about your own experience. As always, sending so, so much love. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast. Make sure to visit Zandra's website, soulessencewellnesscenter.com to find more resources about how to transform your life. Zandra is available for private coaching, energy healings, psychic readings, and much more.